Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ, and our new series, Identity Theft, will do just that, help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. Listener, we are on 137 of our Identity Matters series. That's a long series, if you ask me. You know, I was uh, listening to last week's podcast, and I there remembered that rarely have I been saying exactly how many podcasts are available for you to listen to. We're presently sitting at 823 that are available for you online at sermon.net. We've just started taking those audios and putting them into videos for you and posting them on YouTube. So it'll take us a couple years to get all of that taken care of. But I will say this, that the Identity Theft series, we are developing the videos and the audios for you each week. So you can listen to the Identity Theft series via video on YouTube. Just click on our YouTube link on our website and it'll take you right there. We have over 97 videos there filled with like commercials that you just saw for this particular series to commercials on our email series. And the reason why I want to bring that forward before we get started is those are great little two-minute clips to send your friends to say, you need to sign up for this email. Because there's quality teachings being given to us in regard to who we are in Christ Jesus. So this is 137, but our actual series that we are doing underneath or within this series, called the Identity Theft Series, is part four that you are listening to right now. Here's our opening statement. Identity is the door to your earthly destiny. And for all of us, it's our eternal destiny. What consumes your mind in a given day is your God. Now, if it's being consumed by Jesus Christ in your situations throughout your day, that is a confession of who your God is. Identity is the key to the decisions that you make and the actions that you will carry out. And ultimately, in the long run, it is literally going to confess this God. There's no greater God in this country than money. Because the devil knows something very, very simple. For the love of money... is the root of all evil. So why not turn a country in that thrives off of money? We spend our entire lives making it. I had a buddy in Phoenix that was one of the wealthiest men not only in Phoenix but in the country. 
and two days he was broke. Mass depressing. You see, it can be taken away from you a lot faster as, as, as the wisest man in the world that ever lived or ever will live, Solomon. He talked about money that way and prosperity. It'll fly away like a bird. You'll get it all one day and the next day you're eating with the pigs like the prodigal son who was the son of one of the wealthiest men in the world. It doesn't take much anymore. So we welcome you to our Identity Theft series. Tonight we're going to be talking about the thief planting childhood deception. But before we do that, I want to share with you a very simple principle. My wife and I have been using this illustration for longer than our brains can remember. And it is a great illustration. And Janie was sharing with you some passages that the Lord blessed her with this week. And here at the same time, uh, I'm working on all this stuff sermon-wise. And uh, it's just amazing to us how the Holy Spirit thinks mutually in our minds. Before I walked over here tonight, she said, Honey, you should consider four envelopes. Because the old way we used to do it was three envelopes. And I said, Honey, it's already been taken care of. That's oneness of mind in Christ Jesus. It all starts with you, an unbeliever, going to hell, and you cannot go past go or collect $200. You're going to hell. Now, you can make this envelope look very religious. In fact, you can get envelopes with flowers and pretty stickers and different colors. But you've got to be careful of the colors because you'll end up being called a racist. See all the issues that come with the external envelope? The simple facts are that this is your life. And in this life of yours, there's an old me. There's an Adamic nature. And that is what seals the deal and sends you to hell. That sin that Adam committed, that is in every fiber of every human that lived from that moment forward, including his own kiddos, got them all sent to hell. Unless something very special happens. Bringing it forward to the New Testament and Christ dying on the cross for our sins and we got to die on the cross with him. Galatians 2.20 Romans 6, 6. Something very special happens. Christ actually takes the Adamic nature out of you and puts it on the cross. It's done away with. It's gone. It's forever removed. He takes his own self life through representation of the Holy Spirit, and he puts himself in you, and you become an indwelt believer. The person in you is the person who should be who you see when you look in the mirror. That should be 
who you see. If you're still seeing the Adamic man, you might want to ask the good Lord a question. Am I or am I not one of you? To have Christ in you is when this envelope gets tortured, persecuted, distressed for Christ's sake. What they're going to get is Christ responding through them. The Adamic nature is done away with, has been crucified with Christ and is no longer in you. Well, that's not all. I need to have someone read Colossians chapter 3, the first couple of verses for me. Colossians chapter 3, the first couple of verses. So not only did I receive Jesus Christ into my life, something very special happened according to this passage and many other passages, is that I am actually placed inside Christ. Now it's just not Christ was not placed in me. If that was the only thing that happened, the enemy could steal it. We see it's not over. Christ is in me, first takes my damnic nature out, so that's not an issue anymore. He puts Christ in me, and then he puts me in him. And according to the passage that Janie just read, he places us, actually hides us, which the actual Greek there is, cannot be seen. I call that a duh. Cannot be seen by the identity. Christ is where? Hidden in God. Now, if you think the devil can get through those layers, those identity layers, that level of protection, then you probably are going to want to listen to this series very, very carefully. Since the identity thief cannot really steal us, he has to create an illusion, starting with these children, he has to create an illusion that he can steal you. But if identity is the name, and the name lives in you, then the reality is he can't steal it from you. So he has to create an illusion. That's why he's called magician, magic. It's an illusion. And I want to talk to you tonight about how he is able to create that illusion. The identity thief wants to wants indwells to believe that they must have some part of overcoming the power of sin. That their efforts, their will, their determination, strength in helping the power of Christ in them is the way to victory. And to that we say, push the red button. Eh, wrong answer. But you see, it's the right answer for Satan. Because it works. We have billions of people through the ages who are constantly working on better behavior to prove that they are Christians. Eh, wrong answer. People who try to be Christians go to hell. That's H-E-L-L. You don't prove you're a Christian. You reveal that the Christian is in you. That's the difference. That's not looking into a mirror dimly. 
Therefore, the identity thief knows they are as doomed to defeat as they would be doomed to eternal death if their salvation depended upon the same thing. And that's why it's not a popular theological position anymore for you to actually think that you choose Christ. When in reality, Christ chose you. No, I said that backwards. It's actually a popular theological belief that you choose Christ when in the scriptures it says, for you do not choose Christ, Christ chooses you. See, that takes the power and control out of our hands. Satan doesn't want the world to know that. The one who has the power is the one who has decision-making ability. Hmm. That's interesting. Let's take a look at the details of this one. we got to answer the question, what is our enemy? What is the identity thief? What is Satan really afraid of? Remember at the end of the Jack the Journey tonight? And the Lion of Judah was talking to Jack the Journey about his little sword. He says something that for me, as the storyteller, is the most powerful line in the entire episode. He says, Jack, as little as your sword is, What's the rest of it? It's greater than the largest sword in the dark forest. I'll tell you what Satan's afraid of. Me. That's what he's afraid of. I'll tell you what Satan's afraid of. Paul. I know Jesus Christ and I know Paul, but who are you? You don't think that Satan doesn't write your names down if you're powerful? Are you kidding me? You are the greatest threat to his kingdom if you've got the indwelling life and principles of Jesus Christ in your mind. If you are one of these believers that truly understands where the power is in your life, you're going to understand the person of power in your life. Therefore, you'll understand the decision maker in your life. And he will actually use your weak, frail mind, humanoid, to make those powerful decisions. This sword, this, this, this word of God that you carry, this little tiny book is greater than any manipulative, lying, deceptive way of Satan over the largest, most powerful leader in the world. When God told me that day through, not sure he was an angel, not sure if he was a presidential limo driver, but I will tell you this, he spoke and I listened very carefully. And what he told me is that governments are, are to submit to you. When you become a leader among leader in the church of God as a whole, governments are to be coming to you for advice. You serve God as a prophet while you respect your governing authorities. Hmm. That stayed with me. Because you see, that's what Satan's afraid of, is you. You, indwelt believer, he's afraid of you. You serve a greater God. 
You serve the God of all nations and nations to come on a new earth. Wow. Here's what it says in our scriptural passage tonight, 1 Corinthians 13, 9 through 13. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. There's no way that full prophecies could come out of this mouth. It's too much. He just gives us tiny little dainty morsels from his table. And we get all excited about it. And God says in our prayer time, Stephen, you ain't seen nothing yet. This is nothing compared to what is to come. But enjoy your cookie crumb. And believe me, I do. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. You see, Satan knows this verse really, really well. So why is this statue that's going around America on this tour that I showed you a picture of, of the two little kids worshiping, idolizing, admiring the face of Satan, that is about as ugly as you possibly can get with the goat's head and all the other stuff they had on the statue? It's a huge success. Go Google it. They're taking it through every single state in the United States before they put it back in the Grand Masons Supreme Council building in Washington, D.C. Something's going on, believers. They're starting satanic child after school programs. That's why I sent out that text this week. Those of you who are on our mass text list. They just happen to put them in the same communities that there's child evangelism after school programs. You see, you're a lazy, indwelt believer. Most of you don't even have a plan to get through your average day. Most of you don't plan for your parting. Most of you don't plan for your ministry. Most of you don't plan for any of that. You just kind of do this day-to-day, daily thing. Well, what is that benefiting eternity? What kind of weight is that building up in eternal glory? So you spend your whole life thriving for God only knows what? And you die? What a wasted life. Do you realize we have 70 to 80 years, which is a vapor in God's nostril, to make an investment that is going to have eternal weight of glory? Do you realize you're actually going to get to spend this weight in heaven? I want my satchel full. You see, but my satchel is not going to be full because of good works, the things I did. My satchel is going to be fuller, hopefully, because of releasing the Spirit in me. That's what will get you some weight. For now we see the mirror dimly. Satan, you can't even see your face, it's so dim. Now he wants us to look in the mirror and kind of look at it dimly and not get it. He wants you to see those pimples. He wants you to see that wrinkled skin. He wants you to see that fat. 
This one always gets me. Number two biggest issue in the United States of America is diets, which the Bible calls demonic doctrines. Now, why would Satan have a thing about diets? Because it steals the fat. And there happens to be a verse that says, For the fat belongs to the Lord. I like my fat. I don't have an issue with the fat. I have an issue with what Satan does with my mind with the fat. Looking into the mirror. Because see, I know within days, my body could look like something that rolled over in a grave. I've lost all my fat. It's eating my muscle. You know, you're dying of cancer. You know the gig. So that could fly away like a bird. And you were consumed your entire life about your fat. And you joined a satanic principle of dieting your entire life. There's two primary doctrines of demons Paul warned us about. Abstaining from marriage. And those who eat vegetables alone. Marriage and food. Two of the things that God promised to bless us with. He's not stupid. He knows what he's doing. And he does a great job of it. He wants children to perform for acceptance. We're going to run through this quickly, so open up your PDF and read this. Print it and put it on file. A child's experience is wholly dependent upon how the, ch- the parents are handling this child. So if the parent is pushing for Christian behavior or if they are setting the child up to understand the Holy Spirit demonstrating behavior through them, two absolutely opposing views. One is Christianizing your, your, your children through parenting, and the other one is using the flaws of the child to teach them, you're going to hell, young man. The reason why you do bad things is because you're going to hell, son. You need to be thinking about receiving Jesus Christ into your mortal life. So his behavior can come out through your mind, your will, and your emotions. Sorry, that's too strong terminology. Okay, then let's just send our children to hell. Let's avoid talking about it, Christianize our parenting, get our children to jump through hoops so that they look like Christian children and smell like Christian children, and then just let them go to hell. You don't love those children. If you're deceiving them and joining them in a deception like this, no, you'll never convince me of that. A parent who loves their child will tell them the truth. You have sinner behavior because you're a sinner. 
And I'm not going to try to change that in you. I'm just going to discipline you for it. What was the law for? To punish us. The name changed when Christ died on the cross. Do you realize that? If you read your New Testament, the only time you're going to find the word punish mentioned is when it's referencing the Old Testament. There's a new word that they gave us. Discipline. Which comes from the word disciple. Which comes from making one a student of a teacher. So until your child gets saved, indwelt by the life of Jesus Christ, you must punish them. There's discipline and there's punishment. Discipline is a lot of talking and sharing and showing them life. And it's a, it's a different way of handling the indwelt. Versus punishment is, honey, you're a sinner. And you're choosing these bad things. And there's punishment that will come accordingly. You're teaching them the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Not being saved and being saved. That's why Christ does not judge me. He disciplines me. He doesn't punish me. There's no punitive behavior that comes from Christ. Once you're indwelt. But there will be on Judgment Day. If you don't receive Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at the next one. He wants good behavior to equal acceptance. Now, it's kind of like training a dog. Come on, come on, Pecker. Jump. So you throw bread on the other side of the hoop. You're training raw flesh to be obedient. Until your children become indwelt, that's what it is. You're training their flesh. This is a significant issue in the practicality of the indwelling life of Jesus, and the identity thief knows this. He wants your child to do good things to earn your acceptance. Because once the child knows they have your acceptance, they won't feel guilty anymore. Are you with me? So acceptance is the result of removing guilt. And I only get my acceptance one place that I can find in Scripture. After hearing the gospel of your salvation, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And there is where my acceptance is. Accepted in Christ Jesus. I was not accepted in Christ Jesus before I received the Holy Spirit into my life. But why are we spending so much money, time, and effort as parents to make sure our children feel accepted by us? Junior, you're going to hell. But don't lie to your children and make them think that they're good little Christians. Because Christianized evil is the worst kind of evil that there is in Christianity. 
Let's take a look at our next one. He wants children to slam the door. Oh, I love this one. Any ordinary unsaved child can be taught to be good flesh, sons and daughters. Now there's a phrase that comes out of that. Daddy is really proud of you. And pride is what? One of the 13 what? Names of Satan. Johnny, Satan is so proud of you. Me too. I Satan you. That's how I look at it every time I hear it. Really? You Satan your child? Well, when you talk to a parent, you show them the real definitions. They go, well, I didn't know that. Well, do you have the indwelling life inside you? You think Christ is running around saying, Stephen, I'm proud of you? You're such a dynamic teacher and preacher? <sighs> You're one of mine. I'm glad you are. Are you kidding me? He has to remind me that I'm nothing so he can continue to be the everything. Yeah. Satan is a liar. Thinking that if they obey the rules of their parents, they can keep from slamming the door of Jesus in their life someday. They may just set their teeth, strong will, mimic the ways of Jesus. You see, kids are smart, even if they're mentally challenged. Jane and I have always said some of the wisest people we've ever met were the mentally challenged ones. They're not clogged up with a lot of roadblocks that get in the way like us. Well, you know what? The simplicity of this whole thing is if that child mimics Jesus because you're constantly on them to be more like Jesus, that's what they're going to do. They're going to start thinking, I am the Christ. I am God. So, was that not the original deception of Eve? You can be like God. This is how it starts, guys. You're teaching, training, you're homeschooling, center in public schools, whatever you're doing is to get them to be like Jesus. What would Jesus do? It should be what Jesus is going to do through me. That's what I care about. Not what he does so then I will do what he does. That is Antichrist thinking. I don't want my children or my grandchildren to be of the Antichrist. Christ-like. The craftiness of Satan is in getting the child to think they aren't slamming the door when in reality the doors already slam shut and the verse out of Revelation which is another one of my favorites is behold I stand at the door and I knock if anyone hears my voice I can't even get indwelt believers to tell me what the voice of Jesus is like. 
let alone unsaved ones that are going to hell. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, these are our practical doing steps. Listening, opening the door, he will come in and have supper. Food is always associated with holiness and fellowship. Always. It's salvation talk. That's why the fat belongs to God. The door is already shut, kids. And then finally, he uses the law to arouse the child's flesh. I love this one too. Satan pushes for a mental state of sinless perfection. Most indwells know that this is not possible with Christ in you. I mean, an uneducated indwell believer will pretty much tell you there's no uh, perfect perfection going on here. Because they have enough of an honest appraisal to go on to say, I'm a very frail human. Satan doesn't like that. He wants you to go to the gym and exercise to the point when someone looks at you that people go, wow. Now, if I'm with them, you never want me with you in situations like this, particularly if you're going to say, wow. Because I would look at you and I'd say, do you know what he's going to look like? In about 15 years. I've had professional athletes in my office for counseling who look unbelievably disgusting. It's only for a moment. Instead of understanding who you are and accepting who you are and loving fat. Does anyone here enjoy a steak without fat? What's wrong with you? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Andy's like, come on, let's just grill that that fat right around the steak. Have a little piece with every bite. Yeah. He's Canadian. He's Canadian. Well, my poor daughter, Abby, who loves to analyze her food anyway, even though she knows the lesson and she's growing in her own time with the Lord, This was not the country to take her through, and that was not the thing to hear from our missionary guide. Well, we went to this one potluck, and he warned me again before we got out of the house. He said, now, they sacrifice a goat on your behalf. This is a cultish. Okay, now all those scriptures about Paul are coming back. I'm like, I'm going to eat a sacrificed goat. Well, I did what the scripture said, of course, and I went in there. And he pulls me aside. I I still have this in my mind, visually. I'm going through this little tiny, what they call the kitchen. He pulls me back and he said, Now their specialty is a huge gift. Is their paste, goat paste blood. I said, well, what is that? Well, they take the blood from the goat that got sacrificed. They turn it into a paste. And it's kind of hard to swallow. Okay. Poor Abby's right there with me. Always right there by my side. And she's like, Daddy, I can't, I can't do that. I said, honey, just take it. I'll slip it off of your plate when we go sit down and I'll eat your goat's blood. 
So we go in there, and the ladies are just, you know, lit up like light bulbs. And I'm saying, wow, what's this here? And I'm trying to get the data out of them, you know. And I couldn't understand what they were saying anyway. So I'm dumping all this in, but I saw the goat's blood paste. And I took a spoonful of it, and the whole thing stuck to the spoon. And I'm like, get me that thing in the... Well, I finally got a nice blob, and so did Abby. I went, oh, Abby, that's too big of a blob. We went and sat down. I ate the goat's blood. And you want to know something? It tastes great. Because blood tastes good. Did you know that? That's why steak tastes good. It's the blood and the fat. Why do some people, most people like it rare, medium rare? Because they want to taste the blood. The taste is in the blood and the fat. Two huge things Jesus speaks of. Okay, here's our diagram for tonight. Check your PDF out. We got our cute little self-life baby here on the left. And then we have good or bad parenting. People think that it's just bad parenting this stuff comes from. The worst kind is good parenting. What are the two sides of the tree of knowledge? Good and evil. Satan doesn't care which one you pick. You can yell at your kids, or you can spoil them with love. He doesn't care. Both work. He just doesn't want you doing the indwelling life type of teaching. That he doesn't want. Because if a kid figures out where he's going, no matter if he's good or bad, he's going to rethink his theology some day. So then... We got our bad kid here who's constantly testing the limits. These are prophets. You see, and then we have our goody goody two shoe over here. That's who I married. I mean, I've got more stories on this little guy right here about myself. From riding with the Hell's Angels to. Oh, good Lord, the list is long. Brave, yet flying over bridges on motorcycles and stuff like that. Well, I married up to one of these, who actually, when I talked about rejection, she communicated to me very quickly that her parents never rejected her. And I'm like, you are being lied to. Here is Steve and Jane right here in the hands of these two mothers. And my mother, if it wasn't for the faith of Jesus Christ, would surely know I was doomed to go to prison, as she said. So it doesn't really matter. Good flesh, bad flesh. It equals satanic worship. So whether you do good works to get the good feeling with your fake Jesus, he's fine with that. Or whether you're holding a gun to your brother's head, trying to scare your mother and father because you might pull it on them someday if you get angry. Yes, I've had you in my office. It doesn't matter. I prefer the types with the guns. That's the kind I prefer. They don't lie to you much. They just put the gun in your forehead and threaten you. I'm going to shoot you if you don't shut your mouth. So I go, hmm... This is not that covert. Shoot! But it's the two types of us. We both had to be broken down and realize 
not I, but Christ. Both of us. Because anything that is not Christ, Steve, what was your definition? Is an antichrist. Here's our identity matters statement for today. The identity thief wants parents to forget this. Listeners, listen very carefully. Honey, you act sinful and do bad things because Jesus does not live in you yet. Once you accept him into your life, I will train you how to release his good behavior in and through you. Until then, I must discipline you in order to teach you this. Now, some of your mothers were listening to this podcast today or tonight. That just threw your mind into a mental battle. Because you want to know, well, what does that look like? How do I do that? Those who have just joined our listening team... This Identity Matters series, with all these sub-series underneath it, the one we're in right now is Identity Theft, that is our goal. Every time we reveal one of the nasty secrets of Satan, you're going to get the victorious stuff. If you stay with the series long enough, you're going to get the most practical pieces on how to parent, how to manage and be in a marriage in all of the seven areas of life. The enemy is out to steal your identity, which is, by the way, if you haven't been looking at the diagrams closely, which is stealing Christ. Satan has always been interested in stealing Christ. He's been trying to take Christ from his position. He can't get in that position unless he steals him from it. All the temptations at the end of the 40-day fast was him trying to get him out of his position. Because once you lose sight of your position, your condition is whacked. Once your condition is whacked, he can control you. Satan, the identity thief, is trying to steal you and take ownership by having him be your identity. Him being the name, the hallowed one on weenie day to be praised. Because you may not lose your child to a child sacrifice at night, but you're sacrificing your child to the real master and God of this world. You might lose him eternally. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.